0: Welcome to the FOD Pod, the Practical Horseman podcast mini series where we share audio lessons from our favorite Practical Horseman On Demand videos. At Practical Horseman On Demand, you can enjoy hundreds of how-to videos and get insider access to exclusive interviews and lectures, slow motion demonstrations, and step-by-step tutorials taught by top-level pros in the hunter, jumper, equitation, and eventing disciplines. Head over to practicalhorsemanondemand.com and use promo code FODPOD for 15% off when you sign up. That's practicalhorsemanondemand.com and promo code FODPOD, that's P-H-O-D-P-O-D, for 15% off. This week's episode is with USDF bronze and silver medalist Michelle Wellman about advocating for your horse. She tells a story about her own horse, the chestnut gelding from the Practical Horseman On Demand video series, who encountered various physical issues and tells about the long road to determine the cause. Now enjoy the training clip.
1: So an interesting uh, sidebar, the chestnut horse in the second group is my personal horse. And he is an eight-year-old trichaner gelding that I bought as a four-year-old that was just 60 days under saddle. Um, if you watch the videos closely, you can see that. He is a little bit weaker tracking to the right. and. What, is been, what has been so great about the Cavaletti exercises is it has really helped him recover from a very odd and uncommon thing that happens with geldings. Um, he was castrated at four right before I purchased him, maybe three or four months, and the castration must have gotten infected on the right side of his sheath. And by the time I purchased him, it had, been, it had healed up, and um, there was a scar, and, but during the vetting, my, my vet didn't seem to have any concerns about it, and he was sound and had a normal pre-purchase exam. So I bought him and moved on with ra- teaching him how to be a dressage horse. <laughs> and over the years of, that I've had him, I struggled a lot to the right, with lateral work off the right leg, Rightly, canter was difficult for him. Uh, and and the, the responses that I would get from him were not normal, uh, difficult, oh, this is hard responses from a horse that's learning something new. They were very dramatic and sometimes um, almost violent. And it made me really feel like something was wrong with him. So I've had vets out multiple occasions to try and figure out what was going on with his horse who otherwise seemed perfectly sound. And everything always was normal. And we could never figure out what might be wrong that would cause him to do this stuff under saddle. And the other thing that was uh, of note is that he was very spooky and reactive and not comfortable in his own skin almost. And I just thought that he was a tracaner and that Tricaners can be that way. So I just chalked it up to the breed, um, which is kind of an awful thing to do because <laughs> every horse is an individual, but um, he um, just never seemed happy and comfortable. So uh, I, I kept kind of plugging along in the training and he started to progress and he'd have these times where he would really start to do well, and then we'd have a setback, and everything was difficult, and he'd overreact to things again, and I just couldn't ever figure out what was happening. Was it me? Was it my riding? Was it my training? Um, You know, Why was this horse struggling so much? And in my gut, I just felt like something was wrong. Uh, I did everything I could for him. I did body work. Like I said, I had the vets out. Uh, And then last summer, as a seven-year-old, he started to do really well again under saddle. I just recovered from my first shoulder surgery. (laughs) And um, I got him going again, um, schooling second and third level. And he had another setback. And uh, my body worker was out doing a massage on him and I was chatting with her and she was working on the inside of his right hind leg and when she pulled her hand out from underneath of his leg, she had blood on her hand. And I looked underneath and the scar that he had from the castration was actually bleeding, which is very weird, three years later so i called um the vet the vet was actually coming out so i had the vet take a look at him and they flexed him they always wanted to flex him and i said it's not a joint thing it's it's, he's sound but they flexed him and he had some weird responses to the flexion positions especially the rear leg extension Um, he would pick his tail up and cock it to the left when they picked up the right hind and pulled it behind him so i convinced them to come back a couple days later and do a nerve block of the sheath. <laughs> a very odd thing to do but um, we did it. We I, I got on him and rode him so they could see what was happening under saddle and then I got off we we twitched him and the vet wore a helmet and we nerve blocked his sheath. <laughs> Waited for it to set in and then I got back on and rode him again and he had an 85% improvement from the behaviors that he was showing before the nerve block. So it was pretty clear that there was something going on in that area of his body. Um, So my vet hadn't really had any experience with that. So I contacted a different vet who I thought might, and he had actually had a case of a horse that had adhesions from castration that were inhibiting him from working well under saddle. And they had done surgery and the horse had gone from not being able to canter under saddle to pre-St. George a you know, few, few years later. And um, he came out and did a, an ultrasound the following week and saw abnormal tissue and pockets of fluid in the right side of his sheath and recommended surgery. So we scheduled surgery and he went to New Bolton Center in Pennsylvania and they opened him up and cleaned out what they found was a six inch long adhesion through his sheath attached to the inguinal ring. And the surgeon said there's definitely, this would definitely create performance issues in this horse. Um, so they cleaned him up and stitched him up and two weeks of stall rest and back to work. And it took a little while for him to, call, to to trust that just being in a program wouldn't hurt him so much. But he he started to settle and then the personality change came. He started to relax and not spook at everything and act like a normal horse. And that was to me the biggest reward of it all was that he's just so much happier in his own skin. And under saddle, he's starting to come around and progress. We're, we're back to schooling second, third level again. He still has moments where he thinks it's gonna hurt and I'm 99% sure it doesn't, <laughs> but there's that 1% in the back of my head that wonders if he's still not comfortable when I ask him to do certain things, but then he takes a deep breath and moves on and we can continue to move forward. So it's been a really interesting journey with this horse and he has been rewarding in so many ways to know that, you know, I didn't think there was something right with him and I pre- pushed and pushed and pushed until we figured out what was really wrong. And he, he's just such a happier horse now and I really do hope that I can take him all the way someday, but I know that he needs that time to, to understand that being under saddle is not necessarily a painful thing because he was in pain for his entire life under saddle until that surgery last year. So I, um, I, I enjoy watching him go now with somebody else on his back because he's just much happier about life now. <laughs> and you know, hopefully my story will inspire others to really advocate for the horse and know that if you don't feel like something's right, it's okay to push and try and find the answer.
0: Thanks for listening to this FODPOD mini-sode. For unlimited access to more lessons like this, sign up for Practical Horseman On Demand at practicalhorsemanondemand.com and use promo code FODPOD, that's P-H-O-D-P-O-D, to get 15% off. Thanks again for listening.